1: All
2: right, let me tell you about American Financing, please. I'm going to give you, if I have time today, I'm going to give you some uh, things that are happening in the world of finance. It is coming. It is coming. I don't know when, but please get your financial house in order today. American Financing, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. Call them today, please. Get out of your high interest credit cards, get out of, you know, the loans that you can get out of, do a consolidation loan, get your mortgage uh, payment down. If you have 4% or even 3.5%, please yeah. call American Financing.
3: There's stuff in the twos now.
2: Yeah. That's really amazing. American Financing, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. Do it now, please. of the program. Lots to talk about, lots to cover, a lot of really important people uh, that are going to be talking about the FBI, the SEC, Twitter, uh, General Milley, you name it. We have it covered today. I have just a few minutes to talk to you about the economy. And we're going to start there in 60 seconds. Glenn Okay, speaking of the economy, I have no idea what is going to happen uh, with housing prices. I have no idea. I just know the Case-Shiller Index, which is always the one that says, hey, don't buy, you're at the top of the market, is double, double where we were back in 2008. It's never been this high. That means we are way overpriced with housing. However, you've got people like BlackRock and everybody else buying all these houses now, paying more than the asking price. Why? And because they're doing that, it's harder and harder for you to afford the house that you might want. You need a really good, ethical real estate agent. You need somebody that can help you get the right house at the right uh, the right price. Somebody that can help you sell your house for top dollar. Uh, you're going to find that agent. It's a free service to you. You will find that agent at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is my company that I started, I don't know how many years ago, and I did it just as a, a free service for you because I I didn't know how to hire a real estate agent. I didn't know how to find the right ones. Well, I happened to be working with the 500 best real estate agents in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal, and I did a lot of homework, and I found out you can't. You, it's easy, easy if you know the right questions to ask, and so we have, and we have about, I don't know. 3,000 agents across the country, and we'll connect them with you. All you have to do is tell us where you're moving, where you're selling, whatever it is you need. Realestateagentsitrust.com will find the right one for you. You interview them yourself. Realestateagentsitrust.com. All right. I want to talk to you about a couple of things uh, that are very, very concerning to me. Um, something I told you last night on the TV show that there, there are – Uh, 11 things that the left has needed that I have been watching since about 2000, 2008 that I started doing my homework on revolution. And I talked to people all over the world that have either witnessed them or are professors that understand this, this system. I mean, it really is. You have to have a system to overthrow a nation if you're going to do it successfully. And it runs the same way. And I put these 11 things together and I've been watching them for 20 some years because of that. um, I really didn't think all of them would come into play. I thought there were about four or five. I thought they'll never they'll never get this military was one of them. Intelligence agency was another one. I never thought that they would be able to turn the police force against the people and they haven't they've just destroyed it they have all of the pieces they need last night on the chalkboard i added a couple of others one what does this collapse into so you need a net and then you do a controlled collapse you manage the decline and that's the phase we're in right now you will not recognize your lifestyle hear me I've said you won't recognize your country, and that is true, and you don't recognize it if, if, if you're anything like me or any of my friends. You don't recognize this country anymore. It's not the same country, and you know we're on the wrong track, and, and that's not a left-right thing. That's a right-wrong thing. We're on the wrong track. Uh, I'm telling you now, new information. You are not going to recognize the American lifestyle And I don't want to put a time on it because I'm always wrong in timing, but it could happen tomorrow. It could happen in five years from now, but it will happen. We are headed for a very different country, one where you don't have the rights that you have. And you certainly don't have the uh, economic privileges that Americans are used to. And when I say privileges, I mean energy. I mean, going out and getting a hamburger. There's a couple of things that I want to talk to you about. And next Wednesday night, I'm doing a special on the economy that you really need to uh, pay attention to. But something happened last night. And honestly, I wish I had a crystal ball that that could give me an answer here. Um, But something important happened in China. And I'm not sure how this is going to affect us yet. I've got my... uh, Tentacles out to a few people that I respect. Uh, So far, they're all like, I I don't know. I don't know. This is big, but I don't know. You just need to have it on your uh, radar. The Lehman Brothers collapse. Remember, there was Bear Stearns and then Lehman Brothers. When Lehman Brothers collapsed in 2008, that's when the crap hit the fan, right? That's when we went into full fledged tarp. We've got to destroy the free market to save the free market. That's when all the lights around the world were supposed to go out because of the collapse of Lehman Brothers. Now, (sighs) yesterday, and I told you about this last week, that it looked like it was coming. But yesterday, the Chinese Lehman Brothers collapsed. And it's going to have a cascading effect on the Chinese financial markets and It's it's weird because I'm not sure how this is going to work because China is such a different market. The good news here is the the Lehman, the Chinese version of Lehman Brothers um, does not. We don't have a lot of exposure to it. According to an article I read last night, 90 percent of Evergrande's. That's the name of their Lehman Brothers. It's owned by Chinese investors, mostly institutional. So the losses are isolated to China or more so to China than Lehman Brothers, um, where they had about 50 percent of all of the exposure was overseas. Only 10 percent of this is overseas. However, this is going to be really, really bad for the Asian markets. And when I say Asian, I mean Australia and New Zealand. Australia is going to get hit hard by this because their social security trust fund was invested in this company, uh, through this, through this company. Um, it's a huge part of their, um, social security fund is in this. So you're going to, you're going to start to see, um, decline of lifestyle, and decline for senior citizens in in the Asian Pacific region. This is going to have um, big ripple effects. I don't know how yet. What the problem was is derivatives. The same thing that happened in 2008 now has happened in China. And by the way, our derivative problem is far bigger, far bigger than it was in 2008. Far bigger. This time, it's going to take everything down. When it collapses, it will take everything down. Now, here's what I want you to know about this in China. This is the most important lesson we can learn from this today. This is China's... um, Investment. They took all of this money and they had shovel ready projects, public housing, and ghost cities. All of those things that were built were built in and around this firm. So, all of those ghost cities, all of those things, there is no return on investment on things that usually the government is looking to do. When they fund these things, oh, we're investing in the future. That's what China said. But there is no return on that investment because no one is there paying rent. How can you invest in our country and say we're investing by helping people, paying people and giving them no job, making sure they're sitting on their butt at home and also canceling their rent payments and their mortgage payments That will collapse an economy. It just happened with their bridges and cities to nowhere. This is important that you understand what's happening. I'd like to page John Galt. Are you out there? Are you out there, John? Because Atlas Shrugged is happening right now. Now, there's a couple of other things that I wanted to share with you. The Bureau of Safety and Environmental Enforcement uh, has said now that staff are still evacuated from 36 production platforms. And that's about 7% of all the manned platforms in the Gulf of Mexico because of Hurricane Ida. What this means is we are going to be we're going to be um, way, way short Of our oil. And remember. Saudi Arabia is not really a friend of ours anymore. They're not cutting us any special deals. Because we don't have the clout anymore. China is getting the special deals. We. They just made a deal. We asked them. Joe Biden went to him and said. Hey can you control this a little bit. Open up the spigots. Nope. But they did give China a break. On their oil. We have. We are. Managing our decline. The reason why Donald Trump was so hated by the people of Davos and all of these corporations that work together and all of the deep state is because the deep state and all of these corporations and financial institutions. They've screwed things up, and so they have decided that America is no longer going to be the leader of the free world. And they will manage this decline and bring us into line with the rest of the world. And then they'll have their great reset. This is why I say you are not going to have the privilege of your lifestyle in the coming months, years, decades, because the people who are in charge of America now no longer believe in America. If I were president of the United States, Donald Trump was president of the United States, Ronald Reagan, he would not be saying, well, we're just going to give up and let's manage the decline. He would be saying, what do we do to have to get back to our full potential? That's why we were energy independent. And that is why Joe Biden took us and took us to a place where now our gas prices are going to go through the roof. One other story that came out today: the U.S. and the EU seek to partner in a joint pledge to cut methane emissions by 2030 by 30 percent. Stu, what is the main source of methane
3: emissions in America? There's many sources, but people like to uh, talk about uh, livestock. Livestock. Let's just put it nicely: livestock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Remember, the
2: World Economic Forum, uh, the left, everybody, including the meat processing companies, are telling you that meat is going to be a rarity and something for special occasions only by 2030. This is part of it. Again, they are managing this. It is so critical that I've... um, Well, I'll tell you about that later. It is so critical right now that you please inform yourself, prepare for impact, and whatever you do, do not get angry. There is a couple of things that I want to talk to you about this Capital Six rioter thing. It's a setup. I believe this is very possibly a setup. Uh, There is we've had people online looking there is no buzz on this, no buzz on this. It's as if it's not happening. And then Roger Stone call comes out and even Roger Stone says, don't go to that. Don't. It's a setup. With what we learned about the FBI yesterday and what we already know, you cannot trust the FBI. You cannot trust things. You know, they are telling you to deny the things that your eyes see. I'm telling you, don't trust anything. You have to be very careful. Verify, verify everything and be very careful because the two things I added to the chalkboard one, the net, what is it collapsing into? We know, we know now it's the great reset. And the second thing is the event. I don't know what the event will be, but there will come an event. And God forbid it's something like January 6th, but there will be an event that will give them the excuse to say, let it go. Now we've got it. Now put it into the net. Please be very careful. More in a second. First, let me tell you about Bilt Bars, our sponsor this half hour. They are so delicious. They're candy bars that have been posing in the real world as a protein bar. Yes, yes, Bilt Built Bar, did you think you could fool us forever? No, no, look at me. They're fatties like me that like no taste. And when our wives say, you know, what you should have is a Bilt Bar because they're really healthy. That's when a fatty like me says, no way no way something healthy is good for you well it is it's a built bar nine amazing flavors nine amazing flavors find several of your favorites right now they are a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar they're low in calorie low in carbs just check them out please go to built.com use the promo code beck15 and get 15 percent off your next order It's built.com promo code Beck 15 10 seconds station ID. What we need to do is come together and, and, and you're already seeing it. You're already seeing it. This uh, Nicki Minaj story, which I'm not really even following, it's about swollen testicles and, uh, and the White House. And I mean, it's like crazy. OK, uh, <laughs> those are the two things involved are the in the two story and true. Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bizarre what's going on. Um, but there are people that are waking, not woke, but awake. That's really important. You must be awake. But do not equate that with being woke, because if you're woke, you're dead asleep. Brett Weinstein and Heather Haying; these are biology professors at uh, Evergreen State College. Um, they are truly remarkable people. They couldn't disagree with me more on certain issues. I have I started the Glenn Beck podcast, I don't know, three, four years ago. Because I wanted to have these two on and they would never accept my invitation, but it was that's what my podcast was designed to be people who disagree with each other, but can walk away friends and can walk away and see, okay, wow, that's a really good point you're making. Never thought of it that way. And have open and honest discussions. Well, they are on my podcast today. And uh, they approach things much differently. They speak a different language because they were on the left, but they saw what the left was doing. These these guys are left of center. Uh, They don't agree with me on certain policies and I don't agree with them, but I really respect them. And um, they're the founding members of the intellectual dark web. They've just written a book called The Hunter Gatherer's Guide to the 21st Century. Uh, And it is real. It has some really important points. Um, I just recorded the podcast with them, and it is vital that you listen to this podcast and you share it with friends that you don't necessarily agree with, because we must become strange bedfellows. We must stop hating the things that we are against and start loving the things that we are for we have to be happy warriors we have to be the people that others look to and go i want to be like them i i i mean look at these guys i may not agree with them but they're happy and they're doing things that are positive and they're not part of the problem that's the way i feel about brett and heather these guys are not part of the problem, and as, as Brett Weinstein said to me, and I think this is, this is such a great statement, and I could say it about him. He said, Glenn, you and I could be neighbors. I think we'd be great neighbors. Now, we're, we couldn't be further from political uh, lineage here, but we agree on certain principles, and that's where we need to get back to. So... Please download. If you if you have the blaze, it's out today uh, and you'll be able to uh, watch it uh, shortly after this program airs. Uh, It is the Brett Brett Weinstein and Heather Haying uh, interview on the Glenn Beck podcast. It'll be out everywhere on Saturday, available on Blaze TV now. This is the Glenn Beck program. Okay, have a really tough issue to go over here Um, and a really an amazing guest coming up in just a second. Let me tell you about LifeLock. Researchers have determined that uh, email phishing and brute force are the two most popular methods now that cyber criminals are using for ransomware and extortion attacks on corporate networks. Now, the corporate network, they have your customer information usually attached to it, so you're part of this now. You need somebody who's watching out for you, and that's LifeLock. Nobody can monitor everything. Nobody can prevent everything. But LifeLock has been doing this longer than anybody else, and I think they're the best in the business. I have LifeLock. It's LifeLock by Norton. Save up to 25% off your first year now at LifeLock with promo code BEX. Let's say something does happen and your information's out on the dark web. When they detect it, they not only alert you, but they have a whole team there that works with you to clean up the mess. So please take this off of your plate and don't worry about it. It's 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or go to lifelock.com.
3: Use the promo code back now and save 25%. Head over to blaze slash Glenn. You can get that podcast access early every week. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks.
2: This is the Glenn Beck program. I want to have a, an adult conversation here, uh, which means I want you to think of things in a different way. I've been looking into this um, uh, this Twitter and the, the Hunter Biden laptop and how Twitter, uh, was was found okay with what they did with the laptop and banning everybody from talking about the laptop. They say it was a business decision. And it was cleared by the FEC, the Federal Elections Commission. Uh, and, uh, and, and my first knee-jerk was, of course, they get away with it. But as I look into it and I listen to people um, who who were actually there and helped make the decision. I think the sec may have done the right thing. Um, because we are a system of rules and I do not want mission drift from any government agency, especially the FEC. I want to talk to uh, and introduce you to Trey trainer. Um, he is a commissioner of the federal election commission. He was uh, appointed by President Donald Trump, he, if I'm not mistaken, he voted to say, you know, Twitter did no wrong. But I want you to listen to why, because this these are the moments of courage. If you agree with what I believe he did, these are the moments of courage that we must have. And we must be careful not to condemn people because they didn't take a shortcut No shortcuts. They will only get us into more trouble. Uh, Trey is with us now. Uh, James E. Trey Trainer, the third uh, from uh, the FEC. Trey, thank you for the courage for not only doing what you did, but also coming on the program today. I know you're getting heat from all sides.
0: Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you, Glenn. And and yes, I am. And so I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about uh, the decision that we made.
2: OK, so we've got about uh, eight minutes to go through this. Sure. Here's the here's the thing. They the, the Twitter and Jack blocked a New York Post story about the Hunter Biden laptop. They said they were acting for business reasons. My knee jerk reaction is they weren't acting for business reasons they were censoring this to make sure that they weren't affecting the election in a negative way because they thought they got donald trump elected by covering all the stuff donald trump said how did you view it and why did you guys come up with yeah twitter did no wrong here
0: well glenn i'll always start with the fact that the federal election commission is an agency that is explicitly designed by our government to limit our first amendment rights and as such it really is the wrong vehicle to go after social media companies because there's really a greater harm to our first amendment free speech rights uh, if we were to expand the jurisdiction of the commission and our court system has said that the sole purpose of the federal election commission is to regulate constitutionally protected speech. So we have a very limited jurisdiction and we need to be very protective of what we claim to be violations of campaign finance law.
2: And so if, y- go ahead. If you would have as I understand this and I haven't heard your opinion on this, but if I understand this, if you guys would have gone after Twitter because You're looking at Twitter and you're not determining whether or not they're a publisher or an editor. You're you don't have that authority. You're looking at them or you can look at them and say this is an editorial decision, whether that's right or wrong. That's for another agency. But if we for an editorial decision, if we get them, then you can come after me on talk radio. You can come after anybody who is doing things like this, that claim to be an editor. Is that correct? That is exactly correct. Uh, You know, it is, if we were to say that the
0: decision to throttle the Hunter Biden story uh, was a violation of campaign finance, then we would have a flood of complaints where we would have to find the same thing, whether it be you, uh, you know, God rest his soul, it would have been every time Rush went on, Uh, The radio uh, explaining anything it would have been all of everybody on the right would have gotten a complaint filed against them immediately if we would have found uh, that Twitter had uh, violated campaign finance rule, you know, and and I can understand why people think that it's a campaign finance violation because, you know, people of goodwill. Believing in the virtue of their cause are going to reach for whatever tool they seem to see available And they think of the Federal Election Commission um, as That entity that's the easiest to go after but you know when you look at it the the Federal Election Campaign Act was was last uh, amended in 2002 and so it really predates anything that we have to do in our modern world. I mean, at that time, AOL was the, was the biggest thing on wow. the internet and we were still using modems and, and desktops. Jeez. So we're the, you know, they're trying to apply a statute uh, that, that deals with uh, technologies that are, are, that are no longer existent and apply them to technologies where, you know, today people get um, all of their news uh, you know, in, in the handheld device, you know, I mean, 15 percent of adult Americans get their news from Twitter, according to a wow, few recent in 2021. So we're talking about 39 million Americans getting their news uh, from that entity. And if you're going to allow a federal agency to start to regulate what. An entity of news that goes to 39 million Americans can and can't say, then we're on a very slippery slope to the government regulating what any news site can say.
2: Right. I mean, I know our Blaze Glenbeck world footprint is about 50 million Americans uh, a month. That's a lot of people. And we would be uh, in this regulation, we would be massive, massive targets. Um, So let me let me ask you this. And you can comment on this or not. But um, as I as I see this, you could be saying or others could be saying, look, I think this is an in kind contribution um, to the extent that they knew what they were doing. They knew they were swinging the election, but uh, that because they're an Editor, even though they claim they're not because they have editorial uh license and content, I can't call it uh a in kind contribution because it's technically not, but that's kind of the way it feels to me. is right? Would that be fair to say that it would it
0: would be fair i mean look they they decided to moderate the content that their users were
2: allowed to see. Um, and, but do you you believe it was for actual business reason? I'm not asking you on the legal side. I'm asking as a person, does it, does the, the business, what, what was their business reason for doing this?
0: Well, they have, you know, they have specific algorithms that are proprietary to, to Twitter. Uh, they had concerns that material on the laptop itself had been hacked, Uh, They have they actually have written business policies that they produced to the commission that show that they will not, uh, you know, reproduce hacked materials. Um, And they had concerns about criminal investigations that were ongoing. Um, And so, you know, they they have specific business purposes that they produced to the commission that, you know, they they're not going to allow law enforcement material to be uh, applied. So they they had. Uh, you know, complex business reasons that pre-existed the the story uh, related to Hunter Biden as part of their policy. And so it was legitimate business activity on their part that reflected a commercial consideration that they have. And once you step into that realm, uh, the commission no longer has jurisdiction over it. And You know, the fact of the matter is, is even if that commercial activity would have had an explicit partisan bias because it was, in fact, commercial activity, uh, it was something that cannot be regulated by the federal government. We don't want to be in the business of regulating how businesses are run and what editorial decisions they make uh when they're moderating those all right Um, so wait
2: so wait so let me ask you um one question here that is a change in me i've always been free market i still am i i am a i am a a free market constitutionalist i don't think we have a free market anymore and we haven't looked at the constitution uh i mean god knows what the national archives are going to say about it next um with that being said Um, I'm to the point now where I think conservatives need to wake up. And this may be different than your official role as the Federal Election uh, Commission officer. Um, We have got to stop saying, well, it's private business. They can do what they want. These businesses are colluding with each other and with the United States uh, government and a, a political party. So it's not just a private thing anymore. This is a public-private partnership, and there's a difference between a free enterprise uh, and, a, and a corporation that is not getting all kinds of favors and everything else, uh, and one that is. So when you say we can't get into this realm, do you mean as conservatives and as... Uh, All aspects of the government or just the role of the SEC?
0: Well, I think first and foremost, I'm talking about the role of the Federal Election Commission. But I think if you get back to first principles in talking about what we as conservatives need to do in order to Uh, get back to our constitutional roots, we have to look towards what did the founders mean when they said that there is freedom of the press. And they did not mean that we have to protect the modern journalistic class from some sort of uh, regulation. What they meant by that rather was that we need to protect the printing press um, and its modern analogies, the apparatus for being able to speak uh, to the public. And we have to protect the right of anyone to be able to disseminate their opinions, whatever those opinions may be, um, you know, left, right or center. Uh, And that includes we have to protect the rights of Twitter to be able to disseminate uh, their uh, ideas, uh, whether even if they even if they're partisan and and even if they um, at the end have an effect on. Uh, what people believe from the news. I mean, this is the, the this is the real problem with the, the 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 fake news is that we still have to protect that right to put yes. out fake
2: news. Our founders were very, very clear on that. Um, uh, Trey, I appreciate it. I'm sorry, I wish we had more time. I'd, I'd like to talk to you more, but I appreciate you coming on today. I know it was not an easy choice, um, but uh, thank you. And please hold fast to the Constitution, uh, whether... Our side wins or loses because of that. Just do the right thing. Continue to do it. Trey, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Glenn. You bet. Commissioner of the Federal Election uh, Commission. We have some really important decisions to make as a country, and uh, not enough people are taking it seriously. We're all just kind of playing the uh, political game, and that has to stop now, or we are going to lose our country, and there is... um, I don't know if you can feel the urgency that I feel, but I hope you can. Um, You're running out of time. All right, American Financing. Uh, Just got a letter in from Sarah, she said, we just closed on our home with American Financing. I heard about them through the blaze, decided to give them a try, and they were absolutely fantastic. We had a whole team taking care of us. Really, really helpful, great communication all around, and we got a great interest rate. 2.75. Thank you so much. Listen, Sarah, I'm glad you're in the twos now. Please, if you are, if you look at your mortgage and you're paying anything, anything over three, please call American Financing. You could save hundreds, if not a thousand dollars a month. They'll show you how not only just a refi without resetting your mortgage, um, but also a consolidation loan if that would be of interest to you. If you're looking for a new home, Have them design the right one for you. They work for you, not the bank. Make sure it's with the banks that you want it to be with, not the banks you don't want to be with. American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. They're waiting for your call now, or you can check them out online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. Uh, Let me just give you a couple of things. Um, The uh, police in uh, the Capitol are bracing for justice for J6. It's a rally. They put up the razor wire in the fences again around the Capitol. Uh, They're they're doing the same thing uh, that the media always does. They are hyping this and expecting violence. Um, Republicans are saying steer clear of the uh, rally. Please don't, uh, please be careful and be aware. Ashley Babbitt's widower says, please no violence at the justice for six rally on Sunday. It'll only hurt. Uh, Roger Stone uh, says, don't go, don't go. I think this is a setup. Now, all of that sounds like a conspiracy theory until you realize what happened yesterday in Congress. What happened yesterday is is something I, I, I never, ever thought I would see. This is the the news yesterday about the FBI that they are. It's being reported. They botched the case against Larry Nassar. They didn't botch the case they lied they refused to do anything about it they didn't listen to the um people who were assaulted sexually they didn't listen to the women and then when they filed the report they made stuff up and yesterday christopher ray said that comes as a complete that as you know that never happens we don't do that yes you do you do that all the time you did that apparently in the whitmer kidnap napping case you did that with the fisa courts you've done it now with larry nasser you keep
3: doing it he, for, to be fair he did say they were super duper sorry about it oh yeah yeah so, yeah he that's, thought it was very probably wrong. enough um and by the way in all of those
2: cases none of the fbi agents have had to pay a price not one not one this is the Glenback program? Let me tell you about AMAC. Uh, once you're over 50, um, you know, you can join these things. You get insurance discounts and travel benefits and, you know, everything else. And you can join all kinds of different groups. I'm telling you, there is one, one in this category that you should join, and that is AMAC. Others that I will remain nameless, you should not join. Um, but uh, AMAC, you should. This is a group of people who work. Tirelessly to not only give you all the insurance discounts and the travel benefits and all the things that you deserve, but they work tirelessly to advocate for the constitutional causes. They were critical in stopping um, uh, House Bill 1, which was going to change all the elections. They're still working on it in the Senate. Join. There's power in numbers. Stand together. AMAC. Join them now at amac.us slash beck amac.us slash beck. Very few people that I truly trust, that I respect enough that I that I see something and say, let me hear from this person first. Let me hear because I know whether it's going to benefit the conservative side or the liberal side, it won't matter to that person. They will shoot straight because they have real integrity and honor. When it came to General Milley, one name came to mind. And he joins me in sixty seconds. The Glenn Beck program. Simplest thing you can do with all the garbage that are being that's being shoveled towards your kids and grandkids. What is the the simplest thing to do about it? Well, the simplest thing to do is nothing. Nothing is the simplest way. You just ignore the violence, the swearing, the adult themes, Um, and I don't think that that's what you want to do uh, but it is hard and darn near impossible to find things now all right so what do you do well create an account with VidAngel.com. you enter your billing information use the code back you're going to get the first whole month for a dollar then literally all you have to do is connect to your netflix amazon or other streaming accounts and see what you want to filter out and start streaming it, it has filters available for uh, just a buttload of movies, 12,000 TV shows, new ones coming out every single week, and it allows you to control the content. Say that you like lots of violence, but you don't like swearing. I'm going to blow up this building, and then they blow up. And you see body parts, and you don't mind the body parts, but you didn't like the F word. You can do that. Let's say you love the F word, but you don't like buildings being blown up. You can do that. Whatever it is that you want your family to consume or not consume, VidAngel gives you the control. I want you to go to vidangelbeck.com. Use the promo code Beck. Try VidAngel for a month for only a dollar. Only a buck. VidAngel makes your... (laughs) Makes your viewing more pleasurable and and takes the pressure off of, geez, what am I doing to my kids? It's vidangelbeck.com. Go there now. So this thing with uh, General millie I do not like to use the word treason because it is so specific in the Constitution and it uh, requires the death penalty. Um, however, there has to be something that happens to General Milley. I am so concerned about how out of control and how we don't care about chain of command. We don't care about the Constitution anymore. General Milley is uh, defiant over his over a pressure to resign. Um, he says, look, I did nothing. It was the perfect phone call. I, I'm sorry. It doesn't seem like it was. And the one person that I really wanted to hear from was General uh, uh Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, who is the executive vice president of the Family Research Council. General, um what do we what do you take from this? What is this yeah, normal? When,
4: <laughs> no. I've never uh I've I've never seen this before. I uh I know that uh, you could go back in time to MacArthur and say uh, as he ignored Harry Truman's orders and kept threatening the Chinese that uh, he was eventually relieved. But that, that's the only thing in the history of our military that I'm even aware of. Wow. Uh, let me make one correction on what you said. Uh, treason does not require, it does not mandate the death penalty. There are other penalties that can be assessed as well. And And treason, one of the definitions of treason and part of the statutory definition of treason is providing uh, aid and comfort to the enemy. Now, when you tell your enemy that you are going to notify them if we decide we're going to attack, what are you doing if you're not providing aid and comfort to the enemy? This is an unprecedented situation with Mark Milley, and I know that there are credible people that are saying no these phone calls are routine. It's not the fact that he was talking to the Chinese. It's the content. It's the content of what he was saying to them and the fact that he did that behind the back of the president and did not inform the president and statutorily he commands nothing. He is a senior military advisor to the president on all things military. But he has no command authority at all. As the statutory advisor to the president, you would think that he would let the president know this was undermining the president. No matter how you cut it, he was undermining the president, and it's based on his his political persuasion as well as his hatred for Donald Trump.
2: I will tell you that I would say exactly the same thing, and I think you would too, if a general would have done this uh, in Afghanistan and called... England and said, look, and I got to give you the heads up um, and did what we all think would have been the right thing to do uh, for the president to do. But if a general would have done these things, I would have been out of my mind. We are run by civilians and I hate what this president is doing to our military and to our credibility around the world and to our citizens in Afghanistan. But the thing I was proud of is I know the troops felt the same way, yet they did it because it was a legal and
4: lawful order. Uh, Glenn, you said it. Civilian control of the military. That is so fundamental to who we are as a nation. That is not only, you know, a uh, operating principle, but it's an ethos. Yes. We believe in civilian control of the military and when when you do what mark milley has done you are setting yourself up to supplant the authority of the president okay which under article two of our constitution he is the commander in chief so let me get, I, I,
2: go, ahead. go ahead no no please finish
4: i just find this uh so grievous and it's not a republican or democrat issue correct every american Every American should be very concerned right now, because this is the first time in our history that we've seen this kind of thing. As a rogue, I I consider Mark Milley to be a rogue, not just based on this, but on other things, where he went off on this white rage issue, uh, and he was uh, bragging about the fact that he's reading Kendi's books and, and other things. Every American should be very concerned about this, because if if this had gone as far as it could have potentially gone, uh, this would have essentially been a military coup.
1: So let me let
2: me ask you a couple of scenarios here um, and just just help me think things through. Um, Apparently, I mean, if he would have called the Chinese and said that and you can you can dismiss this as like we've known each other for a long time and so i'm just look if nothing's crazy gonna happen blah 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 um and i'll call you in advance if the president would have said hey call your guys and say this is fine but the president wasn't involved no matter who else was involved because this is them trying to say well there were lots of people that knew about this phone call not the president but lots of people were in on it Well. That, to me, makes it worse. Isn't that a conspiracy, then, to thwart the authority of the commander-in-chief?
4: I go back to what, what I said earlier. He is the senior advisor to the president on all things military. Now, you can't have those kinds of conversations and not do your statutory duties, and that is to keep the president informed this was undermining the president and and i understand that he can talk to the chinese the russians and even the iranians or whoever he wants to talk to but he does have a statutory responsibility to keep the president advised as the senior advisor to the president on all things military and his intent was to do this without the president knowing it and to undermine the president and and if Esper, in fact, knew about it, the two of them are complicit in this. But Chris Miller says he did not know about the call that was allegedly made while he was the acting secretary of defense.
2: That would have been Milley's uh, direct
4: boss, correct? Yeah. N- well, that, that's a no. No? There was a concept called the National Command Authority. That's the people who have the authority to deploy forces. Uh, That is the Secretary of Defense and the President of the United States. Milley is an advisor. He does not have command authority. He's an advisor. So, obviously, any chairman that is worth his his weight is going to keep in close contact with the Secretary of Defense. He would tell the Secretary of Defense he's going to make a call like that. He would keep him informed in terms of what the outcome of that was. Uh, he might even share the transcript with you, but apparently that did not have certainly did not handle with chris miller and and that then calls into question why did you not inform? The secretary of defense, who is one half of the national command authorities that has the authority to deploy troops unless you were trying to undermine both him and the president. All right. So they are the national command authority.
2: So let me see if I have this understanding right on the second part of this. And that is Nancy Pelosi was involved. She was concerned that, you know, Trump was just going to turn the keys and we were going to blow up China. Um, and um, he's spinning this, as he said to underlings, you know, follow the chain of command. The other way of looking at this is he was saying, call me first. If before you follow anything, you call me first. Isn't that exactly the opposite of what I understand to be the way our especially nuclear system works? You you assume that if it is coming with the correct code, that it takes two people, not just the president. And you must not disobey that order. You don't pick up the phone and call someone else. In fact, you're trained not to because it could be a, a fake on the other end. Uh, it could be a misunderstanding. You do not make any decision other than turn the key if you saw those codes coming across. Is that right?
4: That is the way the entire system is set up. And keep this in mind, too, Glenn, uh, when a, a, a young man or woman enlists in the military, one of the part of their oath is that they pledge to support or to obey the orders of the president and the officers appointed over me. Now the officer commissioning is just slightly different. It doesn't have those words, but it has the same meaning in terms of obeying the order and obeying the orders of the president because he's the commander in chief according to Article Two. So now you've got Millie in there saying, "Don't do anything. If you get any of these orders, don't do anything. Don't which, do anything until I'm in the loop. Don't you which check with me first.
2: Which puts us at grave danger. Right. I mean, we're not talking what? about what it what happened. We're talking about what could happen and why it is so vital that no general ever is allowed to do anything
4: like this. No, there there, there is. Again, there's no press up for this. I, I yes, MacArthur ignored the uh, his orders. He ignored the uh, warnings that uh, Harry Truman had given him. But there is nothing like what we've seen here with Millie, and 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 I know that there are people who support Millie, the good people who I have confidence in that are supporting Millie on this thing. But saying, but he has routinely talked to the the Chinese. Yeah, that's right. But has he routinely advised the president of of what the content of those conversations, or the Secretary of Defense of his intent to talk to them? Because the president and the secretary of defense are the national command authorities. And they're the only ones that can deploy and put troops into harm's way.
2: So, um, I'm going to take a break do one minute and then, um, Lieutenant general, Jerry Boykin, Jerry, I would like you just to answer the question. So what should happen from here? Um, what should people be doing, um, from here? Uh, I mean, we have to have a military that obeys the chain of command for every lawful and legal order. Um, and this is a massive breach of that. So, what should happen to him in 60 seconds? American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I'm doing a show next week on the coming economic collapse, and it is a big one, and it's going to change your lifestyle. It will change what you think you know about how Americans live, and it, it could change us forever in very bad ways. Um, one of the things that you have to do is spit yourself out of the system. I'll explain all this next week, but um, you you need to make sure that you are paying your bills and paying exactly what you owe and not overpaying. And that comes with interest rates. When you are paying 4% for your mortgage, you are overpaying. Stop. Save that money. If I'm right, your dollar could be worth half of what you have saved right now you need every penny that you can save uh, i want you to get out of the high interest rates i want you if you are going to get a mortgage get one now it's going to get harder for you to get a mortgage and do it with a company that is a family-owned and operated company that works for you, not for the banks, and they have you covered coast to coast. Call American Financing, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. Call them today, please. 800-906-2440. 10 seconds, station ID. So, general, what should happen uh to general Milley?
4: Well, I think that he needs to uh, step down uh and there should be an investigation here and we should find the whole story. We need to get to the bottom of everything that happened and uh and then if in fact he is uh he is found to have committed treason, then uh I I think that uh he has to be uh, treated accordingly, and again it's not an automatic death penalty that 's not the- I
2: thought that's what it's was in not- the Constitution. I'll have to go back and check
4: It allows for the death penalty, okay. but it it can also be as low as a ten thousand dollar fine uh, for treason so now treason in wartime uh is uh, normally carries a, a higher penalty okay but if you look at these lieutenant colonels and others that have spoken out about uh, how they feel about the chain of command et cetera, and they've all been fired immediately don't we have a double standard here
2: of course we do of course we do um on the things that people should be worried about and standing up for and making sure that something pays somebody pays attention how high on the priority list with everything that's going on how high on the priority list is this
4: i think this is a very high priority glenn because again every american needs to be concerned about this this listen i, I look I, I look at joe biden and his administration and i say this is a dysfunctional administration and clearly when they cut the mic off on the on the president routinely to make sure that he doesn't say something foolish that's going to create problems, uh, you—you've you, got a problem there, and I think every American should be concerned that uh, if a military officer can undermine the commander in chief of our military, and and working in coordination with the uh, Speaker of the House, for example, this is a This is a problem that is extra constitutional. This is a problem that could ultimately be the end of our uh, our country as we know it, and this whole idea of civilian control of the military. Okay. We are a constitutional republic.
2: Let me ask you this. We have been so undermined by the Biden administration and the pullout of uh, our troops in Afghanistan, and, I mean, we've just betrayed everybody. Um, there is something else that Biden has just uh, said that he is going to share Um, u.s and british nuclear submarine technology with australia france is out of their mind about this and i want to give you this and see what you think Uh, macron said this is a regrettable decision and it only reinforces the need to make the issue of european strategic autonomy loud and clear there is no credible way to defend our interests and our values in the world including in the indo-pacific isn't he saying that we have got to pull away from this big relationship with america because we can't trust them. we have to trust ourselves
4: absolutely glenn listen the europeans for uh, probably two decades have talked about and even experimented with creating a, a a separate entity a separate military force uh aside from nato to where the european union and that, that's what it would be. It would be European Union nations that they would have a military that they could use without the influence of the NATO commander, which is always an American.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And that's an American because they asked for America to take control of this. But, uh, yeah, you could see them... Forming this separate from NATO or even NATO going away. This, mm. is a, this is a tough situation.
2: And thank you very much, General. I appreciate your time and your advice. And they said that Donald Trump was going to destroy NATO. Back in just a second. Stand by. We have another powerful guest. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, we have another powerful guest on uh, to uh, talk about something that is... I think so important in just a second. Stand by. Let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. Um, what is it going to take for you to understand we have got to get out of business with people who are doing business um, to destroy the Western way of life? Believe it or not, Verizon. I mean, I know that sounds like hyperbole, but Verizon has been. Um, uh, been supporting anti first uh, First Amendment, anti Second Amendment. Uh, you know they have the uh, money going to Planned Parenthood. None of those things. You know you can disagree with me. That's fine, but I don't want any of my money going for that. Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile doesn't do any of that. They have the same great service. They're on the same cell towers. You're going to save a buttload of money and you're going to stand with a uh, company that is actually putting their money where their mouth is and they're standing to try to uphold all of the amendments of the US Constitution. patriotmobile.com/back we all better hang together or we'll hang separately. patriotmobile.com/back or call now 972
3: patriot and save. Head over to blaze slash glen promo code is glen 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV.
2: This is a song that is forever at least burned into my memory uh, as the song for the heroes of 9-11. Superman by John Andrasik. Um, John is an amazing guy. He's a singer-songwriter um, uh, for Five for Fighting. Uh, hes I think he's been on the show before, uh, our show, but... You know, I don't know his politics. I know that he stands up for the military. I know that he is trying to do good with his power and his career. Uh, and I have I'm not only a fan. I also am a um, I also am a, a fan of a, a nice guy. He's trying to be a good guy. He's getting some heat because uh, he's coming on this program. He tweeted, I'm going to be on the Glenbeck Beck radio program talking about blood on my hands and the current situation on the ground in Afghanistan. And um, he got a lot of heat from some of his fans. If you had any shred of dignity, you wouldn't go on these shows that continue to lie about the election and vaccines. <laughs> I don't know what those lies are, but um, as somebody else, I'm surprised to see uh, he's one of the people hurting us. I'm so sad to see uh, his choice to join with liars and demagogues. That's a good name of her show, instead of, you know, Glenn and Stu, Liars and Demagogues, maybe. Um, we welcome now to the program uh, John Androsic. Hi, John. How are you?
5: Hey, Glenn. Demagogue is a good name for a rock band. Should
2: have <laughs> the Demagogues. Um, <laughs> you are in the news this week because you wrote a, a song, and I don't know when uh, rock and roll became you know, obey the man and don't, don't question authority. Um, But you wrote a song and I want to play a little bit of it. Blood on my hands. Uh, And it was, you're not allowed to promote it on Facebook. Here it is.
5: Got blood on my hands.
2: This, I think, is something that everybody is feeling right now. I don't understand what's happening, and I just want to ask some questions. Uh, And you are you are asking some pretty profound questions and some questions that every American should be asking. Tell me, Willie uh, Millie, when did you decide this will defend your sacred motto now means never mind? Uh, Why can't. Blinken, why can't you look us in the eye? I mean, those are important things to question. Tell me where the song came from and the reaction
3: to it.
5: Well, you know, Glenn, I think like everybody, when uh, the first images started coming out of Afghanistan, uh, you know, the people falling off planes and mothers throwing their babies over walls, mm-hmm. and, you know, people getting crushed at checkpoints. It kind of, in a way, reminded me of nine eleven and just the horrific images and. That kind of stunned what is happening, and, uh, but it really didn't, really didn't start forming as a song till the day our thirteen soldiers were killed, and the hundred Afghans were killed by the suicide bomber, like, uh, like musicians and, and probably you you probably have a punching bag or something you do, or go for a walk or a run when you get mad. I, I sit at the piano and just bang, mm. and I went up there and uh, still had no intention of writing a song and um, but then a few days later, when I was driving my family to Mammoth for a, a nice weekend, I got a call from a friend and I pulled over and she said to me, hey, I need some help. Can you give me a certain contact to some, some folks I know? And I said, sure, what's going on? And she said, well, I'm or- organizing EVACs of ACITs and SIVs from Afghanistan. And I'm like, w-, and again, I'm, you know, I'm a naive singer. I'm like, what's an, what's an AmSit ASit?" She's like, American citizen. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're telling me that private citizens are risk, risk, risking their lives to go rescue our people that our government left behind. Yeah. And this is a tough, toughie, this, this, this woman, and she started crying. And, and I'm like, what is happening? So um, a couple of verses were written that day. And then finally, finally, when President Biden came out and gave his extraordinary success speech— um, Obviously, like all of us, I was kind of stunned, and, and I was hopeful because I've always, as you know, I've been a big supporter of the, the military, and I was Wait. hopeful that G- General Milley and and General Austin would would come out and put some perspective on that because I've always felt, look, politicians are who they are, but our generals are the adults in the room, and if things get really sketchy, they'll uh, they'll make you know at least make the right decisions or be honest with us. But when they started parroting the. Oh, extraordinary success. Look at this amazing EVAC. Everything went according to plan. I got scared. I'm like, this is dangerous because I realized at that moment, this is not a humanitarian mission. This is not a military mission. This is a political exercise. So the last few verses about Millie and Austin and Blinken basically wrote themselves. And uh, and then, you know, I waited till 9-11 uh, was over, because um, certainly you, you don't want to put a song like this out over that weekend, and I put it out the next day, and uh, I think a lot of people agree with the message. Um, unfortunately, we're such a tribal country that there's many folks who uh, are not interested in uh, letting, letting me hear it. Um, and I'm not accusing Facebook of that, because I think this was more of an algorithm thing, but... The problem is, you know, that we've seen so many examples of censorship from big tech that when something like this happens, it's hard to give them the benefit of the the doubt. But uh, it's getting out there. People are resonating. I'm getting hundreds of emails from all walks of life, all political stripes, certainly veterans, military families. So I I think it's an important message because, as you said, it's a moral issue. It's not a political issue. And deep down, we all know what happened was a calamity.
2: I'll tell you, John, I, I've never, I mean, I've been embarrassed by my country historically. Um, you know, there were times, uh, that I've seen some of our presidents say things, do things. And I'm like, Oh geez, that's going to leave a mark. Um, and there were times even under Donald Trump that I thought, oh, I'm embarrassed. Stop, stop tweeting, stop saying these things. You know what I mean? that uh, that's different than his policies, which I generally supported. Um, Uh, But this was the first time that I felt my country in the time. You know what I mean? I know we've done it in the past, but in real time, this is the first time I have been shocked, horrified, scared uh, at the lack of honor. And I think people, no matter what walk of life, I think we all felt this is dishonorable, really dishonorable. You wrote a line, I can't hear her scream if she's not, if she's not on TV. I can't hear him scream if he's not, he's not, he's not on TV. What do you mean by that?
5: I can't agree with you more. And um, just to echo what you said, if Donald Trump were president and we were in this situation, I would write the same song Yeah. and the names would change. It would yep. be the same song because it is a moral issue. And believe me, I'm no... Huge Trump fan, and I've been embarrassed by him before. But as this is, I think, a generational catastrophe because our word, the American word matters. No man left behind matters. Um, and why would anybody trust us again? I am ashamed. Glenn, I just got off the phone with my friend who I mentioned inspired the song. I talked to her, her every day, though she goes radio silent, you know, for a couple of days, and then I start to worry. But literally, when you guys called, I hung up with her. She was telling me about a music school that was burned down by the Taliban, and the children are in hiding, and they're trying to get them out, but they're having, struggling with the State Department because there's this thing called a, a lily pad transfer. I'm learning all this stuff. I have no idea that they have to get permission from a country to take them. That's happening right now, okay? What do we see on television? You know, certain usual suspects still focus on Afghanistan, but the media has moved on. And to me, that's a shame. I feel, I feel ashamed because you're right. If it's not on TV, it doesn't matter in America. Mm-hmm. And those kids are trapped. There's people getting tortured. And it's on us. It didn't have to happen. And it's not about the decision to withdraw or not. We could have done it in a much orderly way. We could have kept Bagram. We could have kept a small force, kept air power. It would have been very, I wouldn't say easy, but it didn't have to be this way. And it doesn't have to be this way now. But that's happening as we speak, and we're supposed to be a compassionate country. I hear that from, you know, some of the folks on the other side, that frankly don't have any interest of in playing this song. Um, and I'm wondering, is this America 2.0? And I really don't like it very much. And I'm with you. I'm ashamed, and uh, I don't know what to do. Sometimes songwriters have no words. It's rare, but I have no words.
2: John, I um, do you have any thoughts on? What the hell has happened to the the arts community, the the songwriters, the musicians? Rock and roll has is a rebellion. It is about questioning authority. i've I mean when you're going after um, Eric Clapton. For a song about COVID-19 and the lockdown, when you're going after Clapton, what has rock and roll and music become?
5: Isn't it ironic that, that rock and roll, speaking to the man, um, now the music industry and all the publications is the man? It's, 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 sur- it's surreal. They used to appreciate rebels. Now they have pseudo-rebels. And they're all, I think, I think it's two things. I think there are people who agree with our sentiments, and I think pretty much everyone does, but they're scared. They you know, it will affect their career. They may get canceled. They may get their concerts canceled. And if the machine comes after them, they're scared. And I think the other side of it is what permeates the whole country is the the tribal group think. Okay. We've gotten to a point where we're so tribal that no matter what the issue is, we don't think it. Look at look at it through a moral lens. We look at a political lens. Does this hurt our side or not? Yes. And if it hurts our side, we're going to buy and pair it. And, and I'll say this to your audience: What's happening with the left on the extraordinary success is similar to what happens on the right with Donald Trump won in a landslide. All these people are walking around. Donald Trump won in a landslide. Donald Trump did not win a landslide. Donald Trump lost the election. Similar with this Afghanistan parody of an extraordinary success, what a evac! And it was disgusting to see some of the Democrats in the Congress questioning uh, Blinken, basically just towing that party line when they know deep down this is catastrophic for America. That's a sickness. That's a malignancy this country has. And mm-hmm. if we don't address that, then I fear for our grandchildren, because if it's an Orwellian narrative, it's an Orwellian world, and we're moving down that path.
2: John, I I appreciate. Um what you're doing i if you wouldn't mind holding i'd like to talk to you off air about your friend in afghanistan i don't know if you're aware of what we're doing i can't make any promises but i can at least um see if we can if we can help at all um it is if our country isn't going to do it it is our personal responsibility um that we do the right thing even if our country doesn't um john thank you um Hold on for just a second. If you want to hear uh, the song, you can find it pretty much uh, anywhere. Blood on my hands. Uh, it is a a song that is not sticking it to the man. Is asking the man what the hell is going on? I think we deserve some answers. Car shield. Today's the day that your warranty is out. Or maybe it was last week, maybe it was last year, and you're driving around and your your car is tick-tock, tick-tock. Something, something is gonna go wrong under the hood. And maybe it's something simple, a squeaky belt, little adjustment. Maybe it's something fabulously expensive, like a uh, dinner at the gala and a brand new dress that says tax the rich, or maybe a computer chip. It'll be too late if it's a computer chip, you're going to have to pay for it or just sell your car and you're going to have to start all over again. Don't do it. Car shield cars stay on the road longer. Why? Because of the coverage that they have that gets you out of having to pay these nosebleed expensive uh, repairs. Deductibles may apply, but you help you design it the way you want it designed Get the coverage today for your car. It'll save you a buttload of money in the long run. Trust me. carshield.com slash back. Save 10% now. carshield.com slash back. Deductible may apply. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. We just talked to uh, John Androsik. He's from the He's the singer-songwriter from Five for Fighting. Uh, he has a new song out called Blood on My Hands. Uh, we are always begging for culture i think he's the best songwriter we have on you know and i can't say on our side on the side of the republic on the side of decency um and everybody is asking for culture he is a major force in culture um the only one that i'm aware of in uh, the republicans uh, that have retweeted his song or or put out on social media blood on my hands uh, is, I think, Burgess Meredith. Um, no, not, Bur- not Bur- Burgess Owens. Burgess Meredith. He's been dead for a while. That would have been incredible. Have been I mean, incredible. that is a tweet I would have liked <laughs> yeah. to have seen. I would have liked to see that, too. Um, but uh, Burgess Owens, um, we, we, please send this uh, everywhere. I'm going to tweet it. I'll put it on all my social media, uh, and you'll be able to retweet it or you know post it yourself. But please get this out. This is culture. And this is where we always lose. Here's a guy who is fighting for the things of decency, and he is a force in the culture, and they're doing everything they can to shut him down. We need to pick up that ball and help support people like this. Um, And that goes to Congress. Send this to everybody in Congress and say, "Why why isn't your office retweeting this? This is a great message. Um, John Androsic. the name is blood on my hands. Uh, we need a little grassroots organization here to, to support somebody who is actually doing the right thing um, and using their talent uh, for good. You look into him at all, you'll see he's a really good guy, a really, really good guy. Um, and I'm sorry if my support hurts him but uh you know with with people that are like oh my gosh i can't believe glenn beck likes fight for fighting shouldn't music cross all lines shouldn't it do do you do you have to you have to vote for one person to be able to like a group because if that's the way it is you should question yourself before you wreck yourself because that's wrong that's wrong this is the glenback program Does that wreck my credibility you know it really bothers me when people say the uh, afghans did not push back they just they dropped the weapons and they ran well some did but there's some good reasons for that but others have not others are others have not given in to the taliban at all um, there is a there is a fight that is going on in uh, Panjshir uh, in Afghanistan by these incredible freedom fighters that are pushing back the Taliban and all of the bad guys. We have one of the guys who is um, the head of foreign relations for the resistant front of Afghanistan. His name is Ali Nazari, and he joins us to tell us what's really going on With a resistance in Afghanistan in sixty seconds. The Glenn Beck program. So you've heard me talk about my pillow products all the time. They can really change your sleep. Um, the pillows, the sheets are fantastic. Um, now they have, now Mike has introduced my slippers. Uh, they have three tier cushioning system, two layers of my pillow foam and a layer of impact gel to prevent fatigue and offer all day comfort. And I got to tell you, I've worn these things out all day. I mean they they don't look like dad's. Well, I don't know because I'm a dad now, so I don't know what dad slippers look like, but. Um, you know, my kids don't like it when I'm wearing slippers outside of the house, um, but my kids haven't said anything. And it might be because I've embarrassed them so many times they're just dead inside. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, if your kids aren't dead inside and they do look like slippers to them, uh, you can blackmail them into doing all kinds of things. Otherwise, I'll take you to the movie theater with your friends. In fact, I'll pick you up. I'll be waiting right outside, standing by the door in my new my slippers. Uh, You can get them at MyPillow now. Click on the radio listener specials, use the promo code BECK and receive this incredible offer. They're really comfortable. They're great. They come with a one-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. It's MyPillow.com, promo code BECK, 50% off now, 800-966-3117, MyPillow.com. Ali Nazari, he is the head of foreign relations for the National Resistance Front of Afghanistan, Uh, Not a lot of coverage of what people are doing in Afghanistan, trying to stand up to the Taliban. Uh, And the greatest example of that is happening in the uh, Panjshir Valley in Afghanistan. Welcome, Ali, to the program. How are you? Uh, Good morning. Uh, Thank you for having me. You bet. So tell me what's going on. Tell us the truth about that there are people that are resisting and... It, it's working in many cases.
6: So you have the, uh, you have freedom fighters um, in northern Afghanistan, in the Painshire Valley, who have launched a resistance, who are being led by Commander Ahmad Massoud, the son of the late Ahmad Shah Massoud, who was assassinated two days before 9-11, who is resisting, who has been resisting the Taliban for the past few weeks, the Taliban have been unable to defeat these forces were determined to resist and to fight these terrorists, this criminal syndicate until we're able to uh, uh, bring freedom to every single citizen of Afghanistan.
2: So so can we back up for just a second? Because I have heard, um, um, Ahmad uh, Shah Massoud, his name brought up in reverence when I talk to people from Afghanistan. I don't really know his story, and I don't know why he was killed before 9-11, but I know now his son is, is leading the charge. Tell me the significance and the history that Americans should know about that. Who is he, who was he, and who's his son?
6: Well, the late commander Ahmad Shah Massoud... He started his struggle in the late 1970s against the Soviet Union, against Soviet aggression and communism. So he was an ally of the United States from the late 1970s. And then, in, in, so in the 1980s, he fought against the Soviets. In the 1990s, he started his struggle against international terrorism, against the Taliban and their international terrorist friends or allies, and he was assassinated by Al-Qaeda two days before 9-11. The two events, 9-9-2001 and 9-11-2001, are interconnected. 9-11 wouldn't have been possible if he was alive because he was fighting the uh, fighting the Taliban and Al-Qaeda throughout the five years from 1995-1996 up to 2001 when he was assassinated.
2: And how old was his son when his dad died?
6: Uh, can, can you repeat it sorry yes I,
2: I how old was his son who's now taking his place how old was his son when his dad died
6: his um commander Ahmad Masud, his son was only 12 years old okay when he lost his father
2: and so now he is he is fighting against the taliban just like his father and tell me what the progress is and what uh, what they're doing
6: So, fortunately, the Taliban have not been able to uh, take over the strategic areas of Pineshire. So we control more than 65% of Pineshire province. We control parts of other districts that neighbor Pineshire. Our forces are well equipped. We have remnants of the special forces trained by the United States that are fighting alongside our local resistance forces. So right now, We are in a good position. Uh, We will be seeing more advances in the next few weeks or so. Um, The Taliban are uh, experiencing infighting. They are experiencing a rift within their group.
4: Yeah,
2: big time.
6: Um, but, But we're determined to fight for democracy, for fight for freedom, or for fighting for the rights of every woman and man inside Afghanistan. We're the last remaining U.S. ally in the country. However, we feel abandoned. We feel all alone because we're fighting international terrorism today. Al-Qaeda is much stronger compared to 2001. However, we're seeing the world abandon this global war on terror. We're left alone inside Afghanistan to fight the global war on terror because Al-Qaeda is fighting against us. There were more than 500 Arab fighters more than a week ago that— attacked us and I've, I've put up the videos on social media where you have a- 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 arab speaking fighters coming from iraq and syria saying we're going to the front in pine to fight these infidels so this isn't a civil war we're fighting international terrorism you're you have a re- uh, uh, the reemergence of al-qaeda inside afghanistan at the moment they are allied with the Taliban. The, the Taliban, which is a terrorist group, which is this colonel syndicate, they're helping these terrorist groups uh, reemerge. And, and this is the reality that after 20 years, after 20 years of 9-11 happening and, and uh, U.S. involvement inside Afghanistan, now we're, we're seeing the country being abandoned. Uh, and and the Taliban and these other terrorist groups hijacking our country. How do you? So we f- have to do something.
2: How do you feel when you see people in the West and our leadership say, you know, you, you know, we went over there, we spent twenty years, and the people just don't want freedom, and so that's just the way it is. How do you feel well, when you see let that?
6: Me give, let me give you an example. A week ago, our leader, um, His Excellency Ahmad Masood. He record, had a, uh, recorded a message to the nation. He put it up. Within two hours, within two hours, we had mass protests in Kabul, in Herat, and Mazar, the major cities, and even in rural Afghanistan. And he called upon the people to rise up against the Taliban. So this shows the people of Afghanistan want freedom because since August 15th, especially for the past 10 days that uh, Commander Ahmad Massoud has called upon the people to rise up against the Taliban, we're seeing everyone, women, men, old and young, rise up and express that they want freedom. So this is is completely wrong when people say, no, the people of Afghanistan wanted a regime like the Taliban. No, look, today everyone is rallying and, and protesting, for, for freedom, for their rights, for democracy. And today, the legitimacy that we've shown, in within, within a week, with, uh, in, in two days, uh, uh, to be more specific, the Taliban were a- unable to show it in two decades because the Taliban did the same. They would record messages calling upon the people of Afghanistan to rise up against the government in Kabul and against NATO forces. But the people never said yes. They never followed the orders of the Taliban, but our leader, he says, go protest, go rise up against the Taliban. Within a few hours, you see uh, the masses uh, uh, mobilized and within Afghanistan and outside of Afghanistan, they started their protests in favor of the National Resistance Front and in favor of freedom and independence and 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 democracy inside the country.
2: We're, we're talking to the head of foreign relations of the National Resistance Front in uh, Afghanistan about what's really going on there. Um when you hear people say uh here in America you got to stand up and protest, it doesn't really mean an awful lot here in America because we've had that right forever. We're losing it, but we've had that right yes. forever. Um but there with the Taliban, that can mean especially if you're a woman, uh a yes. death sentence, a prison sentence a beating rape am i wrong on that
6: no you're you're completely right because of the risks uh, just look at the photos that, so in the protests the Taliban have beaten women they've uh, shot uh, uh, and, and shot uh, women uh, and and they there's pictures of them pointing their guns towards women so there is a lot of risks when people come out in, in these Taliban controlled areas to protest to uh, uh, endorse and support the national resistance front, But the people want to do this because they want their freedom. So. They don't want to give up their freedom. These people are, are freedom loving individuals that will not allow any oppression, any sort of oppression to come upon them. And, and unfortunately right now that oppression is coming with weapon, with arms and munitions funded by American taxpayer money because basically everything was left for them. All of this weaponry, all of these equipment that were purchased by American taxpayers today is in the hands of the Taliban, killing women, killing democratic forces, fighting against the last remaining US ally, which is the National Resistance Front, led by Mr. Ahmad Massoud. So this is the irony.
2: May I ask you for either a confirmation or a clarification, our our government says there are two Taliban's. There's the old Taliban and the new Taliban, and we're hoping the new Taliban's gonna be great. It's from my understanding from sources on the ground, there are two Taliban. There's the old Taliban, which is exactly like it was, and then there's a the new Taliban that is even more extreme and even more dangerous. Is that true or not?
6: Of course, of course. You have the old guard. They have the same mentality as before which there is the a minority now they haven't changed but the new taliban it's a new brand of the taliban it's much more radical in their ideology and they believe that their uh, revolution should be exported that their jihad should be exported they've been successful in the side they should take this jihad this revolution this struggle throughout the islamic world and save other oppressed muslims so you have a much more radicalized the Taliban that is more closer to ISIS and Al-Qaeda ideologically than the Taliban we saw 25 years ago.
2: OK, so one more question. Um, the National Resistance Front of Afghanistan, you're in the Panjshir Valley, um, and it's my understanding that one of the problems is it's... You know, Afghanistan is not America where we have 50 states, but we're really kind of one or, you know, it's it's you know, it's 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 a group of tribes and areas that want their freedom to run themselves and not necessarily a national government. And it is it is my understanding that that national government was very corrupt. And that led to a lot of the soldiers uh, just walking away because they had been sold out. Um, And there was no real local governors. There were no local mayors or local police. It was all run through the federal government. And that's what caused the immediate drop of arms at the very beginning. Is that true? If not, what did happen? Why did the resistance when the Afghan government still held the cities and the weapons? Why did they walk away from those things?
6: So one one problem with Afghanistan is that Afghanistan doesn't have any ethnic majority. Basically, everyone in Afghanistan are minorities. It's a country made up of ethnic minorities, and for the, for this reason, um, Afghanistan cannot have a highly centralized political system, which right. is it, which it has for centuries, and especially in the past 20 years. One of the reasons we had corruption, one of the reason we had a weak government is because of the highly centralized presidential system. For the past 50 years, our our uh, movement, whether it's now the National Resistance Front or before that which was led by the late commander Ahmad Shah Massoud, we have always been asking for a decentralized state where power is equally distributed yep. between all the ethnic groups, all the provincial uh, pro- provinces and all the districts. So there could be A more federated state, you have to adopt federalism for a country like (laughs) Afghanistan, meaning every region has its own autonomy, has its own decision-making process, policy-making process, because we've been failing with the same formula inside Afghanistan for the past 200 years, especially for the past 50 years. A highly centralized government will always create conflict in Afghanistan will always result in a zero sum game over the competition for power. And this, this is a, a, just another uh, way of continuing internal warfare in the country. So in our perspective, if we want lasting peace in Afghanistan, if we want to end the perpetual conflict over power, we have to weaken Kabul, we have to distribute power to the localities
2: to the different regions. Wow. Uh, It's amazing that America that used to understand federalism didn't get that in Afghanistan. And it is the solution for not only our problems, but uh, your problems. And I think the world's problems, local, 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 give people control over their own lives. Uh, Ali Nazari uh, from the national resistance front uh, of Afghanistan. uh, Blessings go with you. Um, Keep up the fight for, um, All things that are right and just uh, and against the uh, Taliban and and their ilk. Thank you so much. You can find you can follow him on Twitter uh, at Ali Nazari um, and uh, and follow the National Resistance Front of Afghanistan. It's a very complex situation. I don't know who's right, who's wrong on everything, but these guys are the resistance of the Taliban in the Panjshir Valley. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is Rectech. Man, last night was absolutely beautiful here in Texas. Just beautiful. Uh, And it is time to have friends over. I'm trying to think of people that I could have over. I mean, I've invited all of my friends, everyone I could think of, I've invited already. To I'd come love over to check it out. Uh, yeah, well, I've invited all of my friends, uh, and I'm trying to think of people that I kind of like, but don't really like. Uh, and I think I've invited all of them, too. Schedule's open.
3: Uh, hmm? I have time. I... I could clear things out, move things around. Oh, shoot,
2: I'm all full up. Hey, Sarah, if you have some kind of people that I kind of don't like, you know, that you can think of, because you're on the list, I mean, I think the lady who dumps the garbage here is on the list. I can't think of anybody else, but it's time for her
3: keying your car. She's on the list. Anyway, uh, Rectech
2: is great, great to smoke uh, and have the ribs, the the meat just fall off the ribs. You can grill. You can even bake in these. It is really good. And when it gets cold, you can stay inside because of the smart grill technology. Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com, Rectech dot com. Ten seconds. Station ID. One day, uh, Brett Weinstein and Heather Hang were um, evolutionary uh, biology professors at Evergreen State College. That is the crazy college. And they were there. I mean, they're far left. The next day, they were the campus villains who dared to speak out when the school said white people should take a day of absence. Well, uh, their life has been Hell. And they're lefty. We don't necessarily agree on um, policies, but we do agree on principles. I have tried to get these two on my show uh, for three years. It's the reason why I started my podcast. They were the model. I thought they should be the first guest. Well, one thing after another, we've never been able to book them. uh, And we just did that podcast comes out today. If you're a Blaze TV supporter uh, just go to blaze tv.com slash glenn use a promo code glenn you'll save money on your uh, year subscription uh, but this is a really important conversation people that don't agree with each other um but we agree on principles and we agree also on the problem and where we are in the problem we are at the end of this problem and if we don't wake up soon and if we don't do the right things soon uh This problem is going to become our way of life. Brett Weinstein and his wife, Heather Hang, uh, are joining me for the podcast. This is one you do not want to miss. We explore their solutions in their new book, which is basically local, 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 a hunter-gatherer's guide to the 21st century. More in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay. Let me tell you about uh, Gold Line next week on Wednesday show. I have a, uh, a full hour on our Wednesday night special about the coming economic collapse that you don't want to miss. You need a hedge against insanity, and that hedge is physical gold. You know, people say, "Where? I mean, where are you going to go to be safe?" You know, I thought over this recently. One of the places to live in the country, if there's an economic collapse, is Texas. Texas got all their gold from the gold reserve. So Texas could have, you know, they could print their own money and stay off all of the bogus stuff. If if anything ever collapsed, you need to be able to do that in your own life. You need to be able to have something that is worth something. Goldline. Call them today. Today. Ask them about their self-directed IRA special just for completing an application this week. Goldline is going to send you a free, free silver coin. When you complete the acquisition, uh, The uh, they will send you 6% in free metals right to your front door. Up to 6%. Qualified orders. Learn more today. 866-GOLDLINE. Call them now.
3: 866-GOLDLINE. And head over to blazetv.com slash glen. Save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Just use the promo code glen.
2: <laughs> I'm going to play a clip of a, a Netflix show. How to be a cowboy. Listen.
1: The cowboy life is about tradition. <laughs> we are self-reliant and answer to no one. Yes, mom. Can you tell your mom I said hi? Welcome to Radiator Ranch. There's a lot to learn from our way of life, so you may as well learn it from the best. The one and only, Dale Brisby. Are you crying? It's a circle of life. I appreciate Mother Nature. If you don't, then you ain't no cowboy. Oh, yeah. One, two, three. If You're not a cowboy. Don't step in here. How to be a cowboy
2: is on Netflix. uh, And there's a method to my madness on uh, why I'm asking the greatest bull rider of all time, as well as, and he'll tell you himself, the most humble. uh, No evidence of him being on a bull uh, ever. But legend has it that he has been 90 in Maine, Spain, Spokane, Fort Wayne, Alabama. And uh, by legend, we mean his YouTube channel. Uh, uh, welcome to the uh, welcome to the program, Dale Brisby. How are you, sir?
1: Oh, it's good to be here. Thanks for rolling out the
2: red carpet, sir. <laughs> you bet. Uh, so, I had a, uh, I had a thought the other day. Somebody had said about one of the guys, one of the congressmen that went over to save people in Afghanistan. the uh, The headline was, "He's acting like a cowboy." And I thought, yeah, if you mean live by a set of code that you know includes honor and integrity, yeah, and we give cowboys the, the, the elites give cowboys a bad name, but the cowboy life is who I think every man should should try to emulate.
1: I agree 100 percent. It's funny that you say that because I was looking up articles about the Netflix show, and I, I looked and definition of a cowboy popped up. One definition was someone who tends to livestock, usually horseback. The second definition was typically aggressive, or something <laughs> like that. And I thought, I've, well, we might be aggressive in that we ride a bull, but I mean, we're pre- it, as you might see in the show, like we're pretty caring towards animal and our fellow human beings.
2: Yeah, I don't. I've never heard that. I think you have to live out west uh, and to actually have met cowboys to understand their. They're some of the least aggressive guys. I mean, I suppose you could walk into a bar and find some wannabe cowboy that is aggressive. But generally speaking, cowboy, if you live out west, and to me, means a guy who, a cowboy contract, looks you in the eye, shakes your hand, and that's all you need. You don't need writing. You don't need an attorney. It's going to be done. There's honor.
1: Absolutely. Man, you gave me chill bumps the way you described it, just because... You know, I think maybe people have the old Western show in mind where they, they envision a guy in a bar like what you're talking about, and he's real aggressive, and he's he's drinking from a bottle that has three X's on it, yeah. you know, and he <laughs> gets in a duel. Right. Um, but I've never been in any duels, and uh, my, my old man was kind of a description of what you just said, a mix between John Wayne and Woodrow F. Call from Lonesome Dove, and mm. when you shook his hand, it meant, meant something.
2: Yeah. Um. So I, I am... I'm a rancher. And when I say I'm a rancher, I, I have a farm and a ranch. And I go there from time to time. And I'll cut, like, you know, the hay field until I get bored. And then I'll get off and I'll say, all right, go ahead. So I'm not really a rancher or a farmer. But it is the life that I tried to get away from with my family as a kid. I just wanted to live in New York City. And it is the life I would give everything to be able to return to full time. There is something about living on a farm and and reconnecting with animals and and the land that makes us American. And and you just you don't have to teach an awful lot of stuff because you're taught just by living it.
1: Absolutely. You know the the idea of the show actually came from, you know, me being a cowboy in social media. I get a lot of people that uh, are thinking the exact same thing that you are. And they'll reach out to me about wanting to learn about this lifestyle, and that's where the show idea came from. But essentially, they are seeing exactly what you're seeing now. Some people get here and they realize, okay, I can work way. Less than this <laughs> and make more money oh, yeah. doing something else. Well, and wait so a minute. They- Hold on
2: just a second. You can raise cattle and make money? You'll have to tell me how that's done.
1: Not much. All right. Okay.
2: So,
1: most people with big ranches you see are doing it because it's a tax write-off. And you'll you'll notice like, oh, you guys do this because you love it. You know? All right. But,
2: um, <laughs> I haven't figured out the tax write-out, uh, write-off thing either. So I've got to get on that as well. Um, the changes to, uh, farming, the changes to the ranching industry over the last few years, what does it mean to America if we lose it?
1: Well, I mean, I mean, shoot, we lose what's in the grocery store, unfortunately, (laughs) you know? So I think that that's a start, you know, it's just, I feel like people just need to be less headline readers and look more at the facts of what this does for for the country. I mean, we're literally feeding America and, and, and I think that that needs to be respected, not just used as a slang term for someone that might be too aggressive.
2: So I wanted to talk to you because I think, um, I mean, we're, we're raising, and we've been doing this for about 30, maybe 40 years. We're raising weak men, just absolutely weak men. Uh, and that destroys nations uh and uh, we need to find strong men and i'm in the midst of writing some stuff about cowboy rules and i wanted to know to you from you what are the things that to you scream cowboy that men need to do
1: ah man that's a lot that's a big question One thing that is is interesting to me, there's a country singer, his name's Cody Johnson, and he told me he visited with the guy who wrote Chris LeDoux's biography. Chris LeDoux is a cowboy, rodeo cowboy, very famous. He passed away of cancer, unfortunately. But the guy who wrote his biography said to Cody, the one thing I wish that I'd have put in this book that I didn't was Chris's definition of a cowboy. And it was this. He said, it's someone who lets their yes be yes Mm -hmm. and their no be no. And... You know, you can get into the technical definition of the fact that, you know, you need to ride a horse every day to make your living, but essentially, it's that code you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's God first, family second, and, you know, the rest all—I mean, and I love God, love people. Right. You know, as it says in Mark. And, um, and, and and that's the start of being a cowboy, in my opinion. So,
2: I want to ask you an if question. If— emphasis on the if, if Dale Brisby was a fictional character, uh, how would he fare on the TV show Yellowstone? I mean, would he be taking people to the train station, or would you be delivered to the train station, if, you've, if you're if you a fan of that show? I don't know if you are. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm, I'm a fan of, of most things that Taylor Sheridan does, but um, no, it's... Uh, <sighs> You know, Dale Brisby going to be that unique character that you can't figure out if he's the good guy or an outlaw. You know, he's yeah. uh, usually you know, that's, when Dale-
2: that's one of the things I kind of like about because we are so far away from uh, right and wrong and a cowboy culture. And I don't mean a lawlessness, but there are times when you're just like that. That shouldn't be that way. It, it should that that sh- we should be able to take care of that. You know what I mean? And so it's confusing to see now things you're like, well, that's the way it should be, but it's not that way. So I don't know if that's an outlaw or a good guy. Does that make sense to you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, there's, you know, there's that old saying, there's no honor among thieves. Well, when even the thieves are complaining about the way things are, (laughs) that
6: makes you question what's going
2: on. Well, it's good to talk to you. Thank you so much. We'd love to uh, uh, love to meet you. I'd love to actually come out to the ranch and see you guys uh, at some point. But uh, well,
1: it's been great to interact with you and hear what all that you're doing. You know, with with the Nazarene Fund and et cetera. I, I'm, I'm I'm waiting to hear back from them on some stuff. So I'm excited to to help. Just oh wow, with the cause that you've got going on. Oh, so, I,
2: I wasn't aware of that, but thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Yes, sir. No, big, big, big. Thumbs up on those on those organizations that you're backing.
2: Thank you. Well, you have huge fans uh, here at the Mercury Studio. Um, uh, The host of How to Be a Cowboy, Dale Brisby. It's on Netflix. It is a fun show that you you should watch. Uh, How to Be a Cowboy takes everything people think about Texans and. Uh, takes it up about Uh, (laughs) 10,000%.
1: Exactly.
2: (laughs) Pretty much. How to be a cowboy on Netflix. Thanks so much, Dale. Appreciate it. God bless. Yes,
1: sir. Thank you, Mr. Beck. Have a good day.
2: That's a cowboy thing. Mr. Beck. That's a cowboy thing. I, I hate it when people, when I call somebody Mr. and, you know, or ma'am, or something they are like, I'm not that old. I know it's a sign of respect. It's a a good thing. Anyway, relief factor. Katie lives in Pennsylvania. She was uh, suffering for the longest time from shoulder pain that was essentially ruining her life. Everything she tried to do to combat the pain either didn't work or left her with side effects that were as bad or worse than having the pain in the first place. She didn't know what to do. Fortunately, Katie listens to the radio a lot, including, believe it or not, this show. And she heard me talking about Relief Factor, and she decided to give it a shot. She said, what else did I have to lose? Uh, Well, she found out she had a lot to lose, the pain in her shoulders. She said after only a couple of weeks of beginning to take Relief Factor, she, she felt that it was beginning to melt away. She did her part, and so did Relief Factor. No side effects. Katie got her life back, and so could you. Relief Factor is not a drug developed by doctors. Seventy percent of the people who try Relief Factor go on to buy more. Try the three-week quick start trial pack for only nineteen ninety-five. It's ReliefFactor.com eight hundred-five hundred eighty-three eighty four. Relieffactor.com eight hundred-five hundred eighty-three eighty four. The Glenn Beck program holy cow what haven't we have we missed anything today i mean uh holy cow oh yeah yeah we have we have we we, uh, could you play cut four please this is kind of important here's a president yesterday
3: thank you over to you mr (laughs) president thank you boris
4: and and i want to thank uh that fellow down under yeah thank you very much pal appreciate it mr prime minister
2: Prime Minister Scott Morrison, uh, the prime minister of Australia. Kind of a big ally, kind of close. I want to thank that that guy from down under. Uh, Mr. Prime Minister, thanks, pal. Uh, I don't think I've I mean. That's bad. If I'm president, I'm screwing up your name. But at least I got it. You know what I mean? I don't call you pal.
3: Yeah, you think you'd prepare for a moment like that. Like, we've ha- like for example, we had, uh, we had an interview earlier today with a guy's name that it was a little difficult to pronounce if you just kind of read it off the paper. Scott Johnson. Scott Johnson. <laughs> um, and uh, we talked about it before we went on the air mm-hmm. and said hey it never how, helps how do we say it now you usually screw up all the names anyway mm-hmm. but we at least attempt yeah they try they try we try to help johnson jen <laughs> no it's johnson glenn it's really not that hard it's, <laughs> it's johnson not. that apparently not a thing when yeah it comes to i'm just the gonna president. start calling everybody on the show pal that's that is a good way to do it a sport we're, yeah we're out sport <laughs> all of a sudden he's in the great hey, gatsby <laughs> you know what he he probably
2: was yes. around for the great gatsby mm-hmm. hey
3: sport <laughs> i think it's very possible he does that in a future oh my I mean, god th- we're talking Aust- what was it australia australia uh, you know i mean if he's talking to someone from like madagascar it's definitely sport like he said, he's, uh, he's going to, And have it's Madagascar. No Everybody's going to be like, oh, even Madagascar would yeah, be like, at, it's Madagascar.
2: Yeah, they made that movie about, right. it. it's about as good as we're ever going mean, to get. Everybody thought it was just a cartoon place. Right. Uh, no, it's a real country. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. We're right here. That's well, I didn't know that pal, but thank you for checking <laughs> in. That's what <laughs> That's you say to the yeah. prime minister of
3: Madagascar, <laughs> not to Australia. It seems strange and these moments only happen like every single day. day. <laughs> every day. Yeah, that's the good news. The good news is it's only daily. Yeah. Or by multi and it, multiple times per day. You know, day. it was one thing, it's one thing to be embarrassed
2: by a guy who's sitting on the crapper and writing crazy things just to piss people off, <laughs> right. just to see what they do. You know what I mean? That's all that Donald Trump 90% of what Donald Trump did. By the way, if you didn't, if you took him seriously the whole time, you missed out on a really good time. Four years. Oh, he, uh, if you looked at him as a comical figure, you know, when he was doing because a lot of the stuff
3: he was doing because he was trying to be funny. Yeah, he's trying to sort people. stir it up. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you noticed that when you saw him live. Oh, that, yeah. That he was one of the better comedians you've seen in a long time. I will tell you the guy has unbelievable comedic timing, unbelievable
2: comedic timing. He knows exactly what he's doing. He was, he was a, he was an artist and still is. He's an artist when it comes to the way he does it. And it's, you know, Boris Johnson, they say that he messes up his hair before he goes out. Right. Okay. He wants to look disheveled. He wants to look disheveled. And he's, he's apparently not entirely like that. Um, But it was a, it was you know, his shtick. That's Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump is that character because he's played that character his whole life. But I mean, he's a performer anyway. uh, You know, it was one thing to be embarrassed by a guy who is just trying to stir it up. And then there's that sad kind of, I don't want to look the prime minister in the eye because it's our guy. They just called him pal. You know what I mean? Then there's that embarrassment of, yeah we've left everybody behind in Afghanistan we have no friends and uh, I've just called you pal <laughs> that's,
3: embarrassing. that's embarrassing that's embarrassing the whole thing is embarrassing the yeah. entire presidency has been a non-stop beginning to end embarrassment so far and luckily we're not even at one year yet oh yeah no so... we have three
2: years to <laughs> it's only it's and going it's only well. gonna get better because I watch Benjamin Buttons he's getting younger yeah <laughs> He's getting younger. It's
3: basically our only hope at this point. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, I, we just have to And always... would you be surprised
2: if all of a sudden we all were in Benjamin Buttons? No. And he started to get younger? You'd be like, yeah, par for the course. Yeah. Yeah. Who didn't see that happen? I mean,
1: we, I guess we weren't just paying attention. This is the Glenn Beck Program.